Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and I have a very special treat for you today, as I am joined by half of the legendary bands Bauhaus and two-thirds of Love and Rockets. Please welcome to the show Manchester United supporters David J and Kevin Haskins. Welcome, lads. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. You're talking to a, a, an inside right and uh, a left back, I think. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're already getting the positions on the field. Left back in left, the left, room. left back in the changing rooms. <laughs> that was Kevin. <laughs> So it's truly an honor to have you both on. The music you both have made in your long careers has had such a deep impact on me and so many others. So thank you for being a part of this little podcast. Let's start with some music for a minute before we jump into the football talk. Love and Rockets are about to hit the road this summer and have reunited. What caused the reunite reunion and why did this time feel right? Um, Dosh. <laughs> Dosh, we got a, we got a good offer to play the uh, Cruel World Festival, um, and that's what kind of kicked it off. Excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, oh dear. Uh, yeah, so that's what kind of got us interested. And um, I, I've been um, really blown away by the interest in us still at our age um it's remarkable really and uh really gratifying and very much appreciated yep you know i have with me uh a copy of the reissue of my dark twin that'll be coming out and you also are reissuing some of the back catalog as well the reissue sounds incredible it's it's everything just sounds so meticulous. So the the unreleased songs and the previous unreleased versions are. It still feels. I know these were recorded in the eighties, but they still or yeah, late eighties, early nineties. But they still feel as if they could come out today. Do you think like that helps why the band has resonated so much and why there is so much excitement? Because the last time you all performed was fifteen years ago. Well, it's got to yeah, it's got to be a part of it. Yeah, sure. It's kind of timeless. I, I agree. I'm listening to it myself after having a you know long absence away. Um, it sounds really fresh. It doesn't really sound specifically like 80s or 90s. It's kind of outside of that. I mean, there's, there's some sounds that are identifiable and associated with that, those times, but it's generally, it's outside of it. Yeah, for sure. You know, it... Last year, over the last couple of years, I should say, uh, Bauhaus reunited. You all been playing back together. So for Love and Rockets to be playing again, it shouldn't feel that strange because there were some Bauhaus shows uh, since right before COVID. COVID hit, then the shows got uh, put back on, and then the tour was sidelined last year as Mr. Peter Murphy checked into rehab to get help. I hope he is doing well. But how does it feel for you all to be back together making music? And I have to ask on behalf of all Love and Rockets fans everywhere, will there be new music? Could this pro propel that? We're not planning on any new music. Um, that's not to say that it couldn't bubble up, but it's not, it's not at all a part of our uh, agenda. We just want to go out and play, you know, some great live shows and... Um, we're, and we're really into to doing these gigs and 
revisiting this this material love it you know so let's talk football shall we let's do that all right you're both manchester let's, let's not um let's not talk about the game today right right so as we speak, i don't know the score i don't shush we don't know anything we don't know any actually never mind the only thing we're going to talk about is your love of the game uh as we record this podcast, uh, Napoli is on fire as Napoli have won the City uh, Championship. Uh, so that's the only thing that uh, that's the only spoiler we're going to give to David J today. Uh, but right. you are both Manchester United supporters. So individually, explain to me how your fandom for the club came about for each of you. Well, I, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was like six or around six years old. Uh, you know, we there was the World Cup, which England won, which obviously was amazing, and I remember that. Um, and I think with Manchester United, I think it was George Best that really kind of drew me in because he was kind of the first football-playing kind of rock star, and he even had had a song like in the in the right. chart about him, right. and uh, he just. He was just so uh, charismatic um, and glamorous and all the rest of it, and an, ama an amazing player, of course. Um, and then when when I got interested in Manchester United, there was Dennis Law and Bobby Charlton, and remember Alex Stepney, Willie Morgan on the wing, and um, they were just a very glamorous team, and they were a great team, and that's that's what drew me in um i also would follow our local team northampton and i remember going to the county ground on cold winter nights and uh, i remember our sent center forward at the time was named frank large and he was uh kind of like um what was that comic book with the blonde head like center forward roy of the rovers roy, roy the rovers yeah, he was kind of a Roy of the Rovers character. And I remember, like, I would yell until, like, my vocal cords were just burnt up. Um, so I was very, you know, very passionate about football, extremely so. And uh, so, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, over to you, David. Yeah, well, exactly the same, George Best. Georgie Best, I mean, I was obsessed with Georgie Best. <laughs> To the degree that, like, not just uh, on the field, but just his whole persona and just, it, as Kevin said, it was very, very romantic and um, even the way he dressed. And I, I went to the, to the extreme of, um, I was fascinated by these, these rings he had. They had, he had two gold rings with a little chain connecting them, bondage rings. <laughs> wow. And so I, I had some, um, some of these rings made when I was, you know, a precocious teenager. And um, I thought that was the cat's whiskers. But I had posters up on my wall of Georgie Best before I had any any rock stars. And then, you know, there was always a big poster of uh, George above my bed. And then a few years later, Mark Bolan was look, uh, sitting next to him. I winking. love it. <laughs> It's so it's it's such a quintessentially British cool thing to then go from 
George Best to Mark Bolton. You know, um, it's it's such a, an amazing thing. But like for growing up, seeing a footballer like Best himself who could transcend the game and be a rock star in his own right, what was that like for you? Because again, for people that are listening, social media obviously didn't exist. Satellite television wasn't around. Like, so, you know, Pele may have been doing that already in Brazil, but the rest of the world didn't really see that unless it was a World Cup year. Whereas, so you're both are home in Northampton, England, and mm. watching and seeing this guy who just doesn't look like an athlete. He's just too cool yeah. for school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually saw him play against Northampton. Like, I went to the game in the FA Cup when uh, United beat them 8 2 and George scored six goals. And I was down like on the touchline, and to see see that magic that close up was just incredible. And he was just kind of taking the piss, really, in the end, and just sort of <laughs> weaving circles around the bemused um, Northampton, the poor cobblers defenders. They didn't know what had hit them. It was like a whirlwind. Yeah, there was one. There was one goal where he uh, uh, Northampton had just remarkably scored, and so. Uh, I guess Bobby Sean kicked kicked off, passed it to George Bess, and he just went right down the middle of the field, dribbling past all the Northampton players. And then he got to the goalkeeper and he stopped and he kind of motioned with his hands for the goalkeepers to come out and get the ball. Yeah, and cheeky. the goalkeeper was just like, uh, okay, and went to get the ball. And then he just really casually dribbled past him and just tapped it in the back of the net. Yeah. And apparently after that, as as he you know was walking past George Best, the goalkeeper said, "Can you please give me a break?" <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's folklore. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, yeah I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, and, and I remember being at that game, and um, you know, of course, it was sold out, and we got the program, and George Best wasn't listed in the program, so there was this oh, sort right, of right. there was yeah. this like downer. The sort of amongst the crowd, both both sets of supporters. Then they made the announcement. Then they would make the announcement over the PA, like going through the teams, and they said there's been one replacement. Whoever was there then was then substituted. Will now be replaced by George Best, and there was a huge roar from everybody. You know, yes, that's myself awesome. included. You know, does do you find that? Now, I mean, the game is so much different, but do you find that there are still moments where you can get that excited? Even you've seen, you both have seen everything and you've done everything, but can, can the game still make you both so excited like you were when you saw best back then? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, we, we were fortunate um, to live through a golden age of football, late sixties and, especially the early seventies. And, um, that was, yeah, it was, it was different because the, the players in the seventies, they were kind of like rock stars. I think of like, uh, Charlie George, um, Rodney Marsh, uh, Stan Bowles. Uh, yeah. And they all had long hair, <laughs> long hair and wore their shirts outside their, their, their pants. <laughs> and they were kind of flashy and, you know, lot of flair so it's a it's a different game now but there's still 
players with great flair. And I think we're, we're actually living through another, a new, a new golden age of football. I think it's incredible, the standard at the moment, in the, particularly in the English um, Premier League. I, you know, I don't want to bring up uh, the other Manchester team, but they have that Norwegian alien that is just... The Viking. The Viking, who he is just too good for words. You know, does it's it incredible? Make, what do you both make of that? I mean, I know that City has spent so much. Look, both Manchester teams have spent so much money over the years, but City's money is is new money technically. Um, do you think that if this was 15, 20 years ago, Erling Holland would be playing at Manchester United and we'd be having a completely different conversation? That might happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's rumors, you know. You might go over to the other side. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I love watching him play. I mean, he's just phenomenal. I love watching City play. It's such a great team, such an attractive side. They're really, you know, proponents of the beautiful game. I like all it. I found as I've gotten older that, um, that I've become more of a fan of the game. Um, yeah. And not so, I mean, I do, you know, I, I, there's still a very strong bond with Manchester United and I do get more excited, but um, probably less so than when I was a kid, you know, I kind of, I kind of just like to watch great football, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're both, as you mentioned earlier, from Northampton, which is in the Midlands of England for those that don't know. So why... I know you mentioned George Best as to why the fandom United for the fan, ah, the fandom for United went that way, but were you fans of any of the plethora of clubs in the area, or was it just I love United, but I'll also support uh, Northampton when they're playing, despite they're maybe playing United if they if they uh, like the match you had went to. Um, no, my 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 allegiance was. Um was very clear to me when that game happened, that FA Cup game. And, and I, you know, I was just in United's camp and I didn't feel bad about that at all. Yeah. Uh, I was really torn with that game, but I, I do remember, you know, favouring United. So I'm, I'm guilty also. Uh, but Northampton <laughs> are doing really well. Right now, they might get promoted. I don't know. It must be decades since they've been promoted. Yeah. So I think there's lots of excitement about that. Are are you both in Northampton still, or have you since moved away? No, no we live in gone. LA. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that'll do it. Yeah. Traded the English rain for the California sunshine. I love it. Perfect. Um, because my my question would have been like, what's it like like seeing Northampton now? But that uh, that that answers that. <laughs> you know, I, now being in LA though, I will say this: I give every LA football fan who watches the game, uh, European matches, I, I I give you all a round of applause because you, if I'm waking up at ungodly hours in New York, you are waking up with the bats. If you yeah. will, are the only people that are awake. Well, we're, we're used to that. <laughs> <laughs> so what you know, what's that like? Is you know, do do you go to a pub? Do you get together? Do you both of you just like hang out, or just you know, 
have some coffee and that's it. Like, all right, it's, it's 4am. Let, let's watch the kickoff. You know, what's that like for you? So, yeah. Sometimes um, we go to a pub. I mean, I don't always go with Kevin, but very rarely. Actually. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> if it's a big enough game, um, we, you know, but Kevin's an early riser. I'm a late riser. So uh, aren't you Kev? You're an early, early bird these days. Yes, I am very much so. Yeah. Um, but the four o'clock games, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. It's too early. But you know, anything after six, um, I can fall out of bed and watch happily. So yeah, nice to have a Guinness at at um, eight in the morning. It's got minerals. It uh, you know, it clears out the system. It's good <laughs> breakfast. Yes, breakfast of champions, man. <laughs> We have seen this season, Eric Ten Hang has completely changed the way United look and play. I feel like I've watched this team sink low to go back high, to drip down a little bit, and but they're cl- climbing up the ladder and could be closing in on a top five finish by the time this episode airs. As we mentioned earlier, we don't want to mention and spoil anything for David as to what happened on May 4th. But what has this roller coaster of a season been like for you? Because I feel like this has been... United, since the departure of Sir Alex Ferguson, has been a soap opera. But this season in particular has been a microcosm of the last decade almost. And But the team is actually showing something for it. What is that like for you, each of you? Yeah, it has been a roller coaster. That's a good way of describing it. Um, but it's been thrilling to see this sort of uh, tenacity winning through. And that's always been... Uh, uh, a kind of watchword for United, you know, tenacious and just building, building slowly, you know, and I think um, it's obviously the trajectory is generally great. You know, there might be a little dip, you know, now, but um, there's certainly been, been uh, flying high, you know, it's, it's great to see. And it's just like, you feel like as a fan, you feel, I think this is kind of a key thing with, football you feel like you're along for that ride you're committed to that ride you're in the camp with the team you know and you 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 just um you don't you don't abandon that when it's like not going plain sailing so um yeah it's very it's very uh gratifying to sort of identify on that level with a with a team for sure and yeah, what's, I, I yeah what's... agree with, agree with that and um, and in, in respect of the league itself, um, I, I've really enjoyed this year because it's been so unpredictable. And, you know, usually Man- Manchester City have won the title by Christmas or <laughs> shortly thereafter. And, it's it, you know, it's a little bit yeah. boring. But, uh, you know, Arsenal really were contending for it. I think the team's a little bit too young to pull it off but I think you know they're they're going to be great um I don't know what happened with Liverpool um right. and then you've got like I'm going to mention Brighton I mean there's a Newcastle um you know I look in the top 10 and I see teams that are, you never see I'm like oh my god how, how come they, how are they in the top 10 so yeah. I I that's really enjoyable it's it's just far more interesting um to you know this season 
Yeah, it it has been a very action-packed season in the Premier League. As you had mentioned, Newcastle being one, you know, uh, they've had Saudi investors. uh, So Mm -hmm. they have some money, but they don't have any splashy signings. It's just good quality playing. And they've spent money in the right resources. And my favorite has been Brighton. And a lot of it is because of the manager, Roberto De Zerbi, where when he had signed on from Ukraine last year, uh, or I'm sorry, over the summer, you know, a lot of people were just like, oh, he's not cut out for Premier League. He's not good enough. And he's a young Italian manager. He's not going to understand the league and the culture, but he's completely changed the way Brighton look and feel. And they play this ruthless, relentless attack that they they could pull off. If he stays, they, they could potentially be a Leicester City next season. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I just love... Um... There's just so much like passion and belief. You know, yeah. I watch them and they're like, they believe in themselves. And, right. I, you know, I thought they, you know, they they should have won the FA Cup semifinal. I felt really bad for them because honestly, with that game, I just felt United didn't want it as much, it seemed. Yeah. But they won, you know, won on penalties. Um. So I felt, you know, uh, honestly felt bad for them. Yeah, so. Uh, but uh, today was different. It was a great game. All right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm curious to see what goes on next season and who stays, who goes. And, mm. you know, because it, 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 I feel like we're only seeing the beginning of what could be a, an exhilarating title race for years to come, depending on what, the manager and player situation is like you had mentioned earlier, Kevin Liverpool, like have sort of crashed a little bit. They've, they've dipped Tottenham. We just don't know what's going on with them. Uh, Leicester is now facing relegation. Um, uh, Leeds are also facing relegation. So it's, it's, it's super strange teams that you really did not expect to sort of flop are Chelsea. I mean, a billion dollars was spent this season and they've sort of become the laughing stock of all of Europe. Um, more than PSG, which is kind of incredible feat to pull off. Um, you know, does that get you excited though, or worrisome that United could actually pull off a title race, or better be better suited for a uh, title race next year, or they might fall by the wayside given how much competition there is? Uh, I don't think they'll fall by the wayside. I I think the you know, I think Ten Hag's been great and he's building the team. And I think, I imagine that he, you know, he, he's not done putting the team together. And, uh, so I, I feel um, optimistic for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, the I, team's been evolving. You know, yeah. it's been evolving right. and uh, kind of just, coming together as a team very smart like tactic tactically and uh the way the team's organized and the um the way the players connect with each other and who he's got in the team and when he times the substitutes to come on you know it's all very smart i think absolutely absolutely 
Sir Alex famously said that no player is bigger than the club, and your new gaffer really showed that this past season by dropping Ronaldo and then cutting ties with him, which feels like a lifetime ago, but was only just a few months ago. What did each of you make of that? I I always felt like it was not a good move because it's not about the team. It's not. It's the opposite of what I've just been describing. Right. Of putting a team together that functions as a team. You know, bring in Ronaldo in. I mean, he was amazing. You know, in his heyday, he's still amazing. But he's such a an individual, and you know, I just he doesn't doesn't sort of connect as a team player for me, and increasingly more so. And I, I also got to say, I don't like his attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of full of himself. You, you really get that impression. And I think that you know that rubbed the players the wrong way, you know. And he did just didn't didn't gel as a team. So it was certainly the right move to to axe him. Yeah, you really. I mean, I was really excited when I heard he was coming back, and it was very romantic. Um, and you know, he, again, we've had some good games. But what was remarkable was when he left how much rashford just blossomed oh god yeah it was kind of in his shadow and yeah kind of repressed and yeah as soon as ronaldo went he rashford just came to the fore you know which was rashford's on fire isn't it yeah yeah you know united is as a team that is more than just a club but the past few seasons as we've discussed so much damage has happened behind the scenes you know, the protests against the Glazers, the Ronaldo situation, which obviously turned out for the better. I mean, the team has been playing better. Rashford has been blossoming, as you all have said. You know, but what do you make of the owners and the wasteful spending? And there seems to have been no strategy until Ten Hang arrived and said, no, this this is it. Like I I need to have a strategy. I have a strategy, and we need to follow suit. We can't just be spending on wasteful talent here. So, what do you all make of that? Well, they just needed somebody like him at the helm. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't anybody like that. So it was like a, you know, a ship with no captain, really, and just sort of <laughs> turning, going around in in circles in the bay, and not not sailing. You know, with the wind behind. Right, right. So, yeah. You know, United, like the New York Yankees, are a global brand in terms of sports. Real Madrid, Barcelona, you could argue, are also in the same position. With your careers, you've both have done a ton of traveling around the world. What's it like meeting United fans around the globe? That's, depends on the fan. <laughs> <laughs> really. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, on a good day, you know, there's a camaraderie there, and it's sort of, it's sort of like a great leveler, really. You know, cuts through everything, and um, yeah, it's great. I mean, I love occasionally. I'll go, I'll catch a game. I'm fortunate enough to be on tour, and I'll be in somewhere like New York City, and there'll be an England game on or something. And I go to the pub, and you know, and you just you're going in there meeting a lot of strangers or being in the room with a lot of strangers, and you never know who you're going to bump into. Right. Um, um, and it's just this, there's this sort of um, 
a wave of you know connection there and it's it's a lovely thing you know especially if england are winning <laughs> yeah i remember going women barcelona and i just i knew they were playing and i wandered to a bar and i just sat there and it was a small bar and there was probably like 10 people in there and all watching the game and it, that was just really enjoyable i couldn't really converse with them but i was just watch, watching the game and watching the fans um and that just you know that was a really great experience and you know another yeah. time i saw a game on the beach in mexico at a bar and the there was some maybe it was a world cup game i can't remember but it's yeah i, I really enjoy dipping in to the you know the culture and sharing games in places around the world that's a really great experience beautiful you know it's, it's I, was such a... to, I was in dublin once and the world cup was on and i saw a game in a couple of games actually in irish pubs and that was a that was a riot i saw one game where um ireland scored and it was the first goal they scored and all of a sudden Everybody was drenched in Guinness. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, just all the Guinness went up in the air, and it was just like a rain of Guinness. <laughs> I find that music fans and football fans are very similar because they carry the same passion and love. And maybe it's because the two things are universal languages and love letters to who we are as human beings. Is that why do you think that the both of them go hand in hand, music and football? Because um, both are ways of ascending, and like for working class people, it's a way of if you can't actually use it and uh, and get out yourself through either becoming a footballer, footballer or a musician, you can vicariously do that through those that do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. You know, it, it allows even the oldest curmudgeons to still keep dreaming and believing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, as I referenced earlier, I have two thirds of Love and Rockets on this show, which I'm, again, I can't thank you both enough. We're in the home stretch of this interview. But I have to ask, is Daniel Ash a, a football fan? Nah. Nah. <laughs> okay. Zero interest. He can play though, right? He's pretty good, yeah. He's pretty nifty. Or out in the wing. Nifty little winger. So, yeah, I think any any uh That was a long time ago though, Kev. <laughs> we haven't yeah, played again. Any, any spare okay, yeah. time that he has, he's not gonna pick up a ball, he's gonna pick up a motorbike helmet. So. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> Instead of being uh Paolo Rossi, he'll be Valentino Rossi. Uh hey. <laughs> I like it. Now time for a coffee break. Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere in the world from ModCup.com. Mod Cup. Drink modern coffee. Use code MUNDIAL for 10% off your first order. We're in the home stretch, as I said. I'm going to ask you both three rapid-fire questions. I'm going to ask them to each of you. 
uh, answer individually. It's my favorite part of the podcast. Seems to be everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Um, so question one, uh, we'll start with Kevin here. Uh, if you could bring back one retired player to your club, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Well, it's got to be George Best. Um, yeah. Just, um, I guess, for obvious reasons. Yeah, for sure. And David, same question. Does he have to be retired? Uh, no, as long as they're alive or dead. Uh, if they can be alive or dead, um, we could change the rules. Well, they're going to be either one, aren't they? Yeah, that's, that's also a very good point. That's a stupid <laughs> that, that, thing. That broadens the scope somewhat. fucking narrows it down. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, Duncan Edwards. Wow, okay. Going right back to the Busby Babes. And, uh, you know, an, an amazing player and, and so young and what a career he would have had. And just the, the idea of him, like, coming back and playing now would be very exciting, you know. Total fancy, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a, what a devastating uh, event that was, the, uh, the Munich air disaster, yeah. you know. And about you know Bobby Charlton being one of the few that survived. Yeah, you know when what's funny is is that and it's startling that you had the Munich air disaster. There was the you know Seperga years prior in uh, Torino um, in the seventies. I believe there was an African soccer team that had play, a plane had crashed. But just a few years ago, there was the Brazilian team Chapecoense, where their plane had gone down, and like similar to what had happened in the Munich air disaster. Do you, do you find that like, how is this still happening in the 21st century? You know, with the, with the advances in technology, it's, it's frightening. And for every United fan, does that like something like that happening? such a devastating thing. Does that freak you out? I know it's not part of the rapid fire questions, but you know, it should be talked about. Well, sure. Yeah. I tell you, related to this, what you're making me think of is uh, one of my favorite TV shows at the moment, which is Yellow Jackets. You watch oh, right. that? It's so great. Right, yeah. Um, about the girl, the girls' uh, football team that's, uh, they're in a, a plane crash in the, in the middle of nowhere in the forest. Right, yeah. I've compl- yeah, that's right. I've completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's, cool. it's really good. Ooh. All right, next, next we got question. a song in that. I think we Love and Rockets had a song in that. For real, we did. Yeah. All right, all right. That makes makes it uh, an even more of a favorite show for you both. <laughs> uh, you know, if talking if, about talking about the um, Connect Stream football and music again, I'll just flip this one in because it just came to my mind. So, when Eric Cantona was in the United team and at his height, um, I heard that he I read. There was an interview with him that he he was into painting, so in his spare time he would paint and he would listen to music and he's also into electronica. So I and this this was the early nineties and we'd made the album Hot Trip to Heaven. So I I loved the idea of Eric Cantona making some daubs, listening to Hot Trip to Heaven. So I I sent it to him. Oh wow! I never Did- heard that. Oh shit. <laughs> Whether he got it, I don't know. I just sent it, you know, through the club. It's actually I got some like an inside 
uh, contact in the club, and this guy said he would get it to to Eric. But I, whether he did or not, I don't know. But I just, you know, I think that's a little tidbit for you. I love that, like you get giddy, and I'm sure Kevin, you have to get giddy too. That a a player that you love and admire, it could be listening to your tunes. Oh yeah, so absolutely, yeah. When I had I had Rowetta on uh, in previous seasons, and she had talked about you know, and she's had such a historic and storied career. And she had talked about how one of the few times she's ever been nervous in life was when she met Eric Cantona. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, you've hung out with Bowie. You've, you've met them all. And she's like, yeah, but she's like, it's Eric. And, <laughs> and, 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 and I have this picture in my head of just like, you're getting very nervous around Eric Cantona, but it's, it's, I forget that sometimes, and look, I'm, I'm not a musician, nor am I a footballer, but I, you are all fans just like the rest of us. And it's quite amazing. And that's what I, I love doing this podcast is, and especially having musicians on, because I'm a fan of all of your work. And yet I get to hear about your fandom and something else, which is really beautiful. Hey, I'll tell you who you should have on is Bobby Gillespie. Oh, I would love to please pass this along. Well, I'm reading his book at the moment, and I just got to the bit where he's he's talking about just what we've been talking about, about football in the 70s. And, you know, he's a real fan. He was a Celtic fan, supporter, and um, just and George Best and just that whole era, you know. And he's, he's you know, as enthusiastic about football as he is about music, which is saying something. So, and he's a very articulate guy, and he's, he's funny. So, yeah, and very engaging. He'd be, he'd be great. I thank you for that recommendation. I will do that. I also need to pick up a copy of Tenement Boy. I need to read that. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. So moving on with the rapid fire. Uh, I know we took a slight detour, but this is all great. This is fantastic. If Manchester United could sign one active player today, um, and yes, lads, alive, alive, (laughs) (laughs) active player today, it doesn't matter. Uh, It's fantasy football. We have all the money in the world. We have more money than what Ronaldo is making in Saudi Arabia, more money than what Messi could potentially make in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Who would you both love to sign? Kevin, let's start with you. Well, it would be Haaland. I mean, I, I think hands down. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. And David? Uh, the man standing to his left, Jack Grealish. Really? I think he's great. I love okay. Grealish. I love his persona as well, Jack the Lad, you know. <laughs> he's great. A a United team with Holland and Grealish. Yeah, we're poaching. <laughs> we're poaching, man. Good answers, guys. Good answers. I mean, you're going to give Pep Guardiola a heart attack, but, you know, hey, it's okay. <laughs> um, and finally, for each of you, what has been your favorite moment as a fan of this game? England winning the World Cup in 66. It's got to be. Wow. I remember that day really clearly. You know, I was like nine. And I remember the silence in the streets. It, like it was uncanny everybody was watching that game oh wow oh wow and then and then going out i went out at half time 
and all the people were coming out into the streets. It was really unusual, you know, and just and talking to each other, all the neighbors. Like, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I'm and you could hear when they scored goal, you know, the, like when Jeff first scored his third goal. I mean, you could hear everybody shouting through the walls. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I've got to go with um, Manchester United versus Bayern Munich. Oh, yeah. Uh, where Bayern Munich thought they'd won, and they were actually, I think it was in extra time, right? I apologize because I'm, I'm a bit fuzzy on the details, but I think it was extra time. And they were actually, players were kind of celebrating before the final whistle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they brought on Solskjaer, right? And they United scored two goals, like yeah. within like a nanosecond, and yeah, uh, I think it was in nine. Was it ninety nine? That one. Yeah, I think so. Ninety nine, um, and just Bayern Munich were just like, what just happened? They were just like all looking at each other, like, um, yeah. So that, yeah, that was an amazing moment. Uh, uh I'll tell you a funny story about that. I don't think we've ever told you this, Kev. But so I missed that game because we were we were away on tour. And um, I, I had it recorded. And my plan was to watch it as soon as I got back. So I get home. And my son, who was like mm, 10, I suppose, he comes to the door and then runs up in a Man United shirt. He's going, Dad, Man United, Man United. And I said, shh, Joe. Don't say any more. Don't say any more. What? Because <laughs> I don't know school. I'm going to watch the game in about 10 minutes. So be quiet. He said, oh, no. Um, oh, no. I'm just um, a fan. <laughs> he said. <laughs> but he kind of <laughs> gave it. He kind of gave it away. But it was still excited, so exciting because it was, I thought, oh, maybe he was just being a fan. Because this is right. like, they've lost. So, oh. So, Okay. And then, no, you know, goal, goal. So that was, yeah, that was that day. Yeah, I think it was Sheringham. And then, um, yeah, Moscow, I think. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah, it was remarkable. <clears throat> I could listen to you both just chat amongst yourselves, talking about memory lane and going down the path and just like, listening in on these key moments in footballing history for you both um do you ever like sit back i know the, the interview technically is over but i've got another question so I'm, I'm full of shit um but the do you ever sit back and go seen some pretty incredible things in this game and what it can do and you know leaving that as you said, you, for your children to say, like, you know, don't lose belief in this. It, it, it'll, you can still be a fan, even if the team is not doing great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Sure. All right. All right. Well, David J., Kevin Haskins, thank you so very much. Ladies and gentlemen, please catch 11 Rockets on tour this summer. Check out their reissue. And of course, just check up on what they're doing i cannot wait to keep tabs and see what's going on with the future for you all thank you so much thanks so thank you
Thank you. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun is right. Thank you so much. Talk soon. All right. Bye now. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.